this is my first podcast experience. So me as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean new territory. We're gonna crush it. I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, I, I feel told like Emily we were doing it, and she was like, she was like, "Oh, that's cool. Is that gonna go okay?" <laughs> Alyssa had a very similar response. She's like, "You're doing a podcast, <laughs> you know? We're cool." <laughs> Well, welcome everyone. Welcome to those who are joining us on our Trinity um, Baptist Church podcast. We welcome our listeners today and I welcome our visitors that are on the show with us today. Today we are going to talk about what it means to be a deacon in the Baptist Church and particularly um, a deacon at our church. So today we are so lucky to have three deacons with us. Some have served in the past and some are currently serving. I'm going to just let them introduce themselves. So Kevin, why don't you start us off? Sure. Thanks, Katie. My name is Kevin Bell. I've been at Trinity about 25 years and officially a member for about 20 years. Angie, why don't you introduce yourself? Hello, Angie Faree. My husband, Mike, and I started coming to Trinity in about 2005, and we officially joined in 2009, uh, so we have loved our time there. And Laura? I joined Trinity when my husband, Wes, and I got married. Wes and I grew up at Trinity, or Wes grew up at Trinity, and so I've been there about 20 years. Awesome. Well, thank you, guys. Um, and again, thank you for being here with us today. So I wanted to just start us off this past Sunday evening. We had our deacon ordination service and um, we welcomed three new deacons who had never served before rotating on as a deacon. So I wanted Kevin to take a moment. Kevin is serving as our deacon chair for 2021 and we are thankful for that. But Kevin, can you explain to us and our listeners what we usually do in a deacon ordination service? And this year looked a little different, but was the same idea. So can you share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. The The deacon ordination service is, is a really um, special, powerful service. It, it, I know it was for me when I was first ordained. Uh, my wife, Karen, grew up at the church and my father-in-law, Bill Joyner, had served as a deacon. And so at, as at the service, former and current deacons can come up and, and offer prayers to the person uh, that's being ordained. And, and he was one of the ones that did that. And it and it made it not only spiritual, but also very emotional. And And as we were looking at what does this look like in COVID? Um, Jeff, uh, Dr. Roberts had some really good ideas because the, the in-person aspect of it is, is powerful for the person being ordained. Um, and we didn't want to lose that sense of somebody praying for you in person, but we also didn't want to make it unsafe by getting people too close. So I really liked the, the hybrid idea that, that we came up with to still be there, but to offer the chance for people to pray for the individuals out loud and in person, which in, in some respects probably made it even more powerful because others could hear um, what that person meant to somebody and, and the, the skills and talents that they were now bringing to the deacon, um, to the, to the deaconate. And so it was a very special service. I was thankful to be a part of it, and I'm glad that we have ordained some amazing new deacons. As someone who was there, it was really special to um, hear the prayers out loud. I thought that was a, a nice um, new touch. It's it, 
it was sad that we couldn't have, you know, people lay hands and pray over people, but there was something really powerful about hearing those prayers from those individuals. So I agree. It was special. Angie and Laura, do y'all have anything to add about when you were ordained? I definitely um, found it a very powerful experience. Also, I don't know that I had really been through something uh, similar in my life. So it was really emotional for me. I cried a lot, <laughs> but it go, all good tears, good tears. Uh, but just having that many people uh, come and stand around you and pray for you and um, pray for discernment as you enter this new role. And uh, it was definitely an experience I will not forget. I think too, as all, all the, um, the ordained deacons come and, and lay hands and pray on you, it makes you realize that you're part of something bigger, like you're part of this big community, and that's really special. I hadn't thought about it quite like that, but it does put into perspective the idea of a church family and church body and a service that's just bigger than <laughs> ourselves, so I like that. Um, and so what made you all consider and answer that call of service to be a deacon at Trinity? I had been really blessed by the people who had served and cared for me as a deacon. So I was, I felt privileged to, to sort of return that service. Yeah, that was similar for me. I, the, the, when I first served as a deacon, it was shortly after my wife pregnant with our first child spent uh, about a month in the hospital from complications and, and she had to be out at UNC Chapel Hill and yet on a regular basis, probably maybe as, as often as every other day, there was somebody from Trinity and usually a deacon driving out some people that didn't even know us all the way to Chapel Hill, taking time out of their day just to love on us and to let us know they were there to pray for us. And I mean, it, I mean, even now I get emotional thinking about it. Like it really had a profound impact on me in it. And that was really my first introduction to some of the inreach that the deacons did. And, and that showed me what a special and important ministry it is. I definitely echo that sentiment for sure. Um, but I think also growing up in the church and you know, both of my, not at Trinity, but both of my parents were deacons in our um, childhood churches. And I think, you know, that's a wonderful example that they set for me that I now hope to set for my daughter. And, you know, I will say, I said no, the first couple of times that I was asked and a lot of that had to do with time constraints and then also just not even sure that I was up to the task because I know it is something that I wanted to take seriously and wanted to be able to give of myself 100%. And I'm glad they continued to ask and I'm glad that I was led to say yes. That's awesome. Yeah, I've, that's not uncommon that sometimes we will ask people and for those very reasons, just where they are in life or what is going on personally with them. It's just not the right time, but God continues to place people on our hearts. And so I'm glad Angie that, you know, just because they asked you one time, they asked again, and now you're serving in that way. So along with that, we've talked about kind of, or mentioned a role or two that deacons do at Trinity while serving hospital visits, helping with Lord's Supper, leading a prayer in worship. Perhaps maybe share a little bit about one of your roles that you've done um, while serving as a deacon and what that meant to you and the blessing or things you learn from that while serving in that way. Yeah, I'll just keep going with the, the hospital visit one. I know there are teams that go to hospitals and there are teams that go to homebound members. And the the hospital one was really intimidating for me, um, but I wanted to do it because of the impact it had on me. But um, similar to Angie, uh, I said no many times, not many, uh, a few times before <laughs> being willing to, to 
to be put up for consideration. And part of it was, was the intimidation factor of going into, how do I go in and, and offer prayer to a pillar of the church that is now sick, but has been one of the people that founded the church or, or really has been there for many, many decades. And, and, you know, through great mentors and just, you know, God's help and many people saying, you know, it's, it's just, it's just being there. I, I have come to view that as just a very special opportunity. It's still, can be intimidating, um, no matter how many times I've done it, depending on who it is. But I, I think it's an important part of the ministry. I've served as a homebound deacon, and I, I've loved that. I've gotten to know um, a woman in her 90s from the church. And um, because I've had this relationship with her for several years now, my family knows her. And I just I think that has been so special for my children to be able to sit with her and say, you know, what was, what was school like when you were little? You know, tell, tell us some things about how you came to Trinity. What was it like back when you started coming? And that, that has just been such a privilege to get to, to know somebody in a very different generation for me, somebody I wouldn't have gotten to know without this. And I think it's blessed me at least as much as it blessed her. I have not had the opportunity to do hospital or homebound because I was ordained at the beginning of last year, just before COVID hit. So I have not had that blessing, but I am a hundred percent looking forward to it. And I will say, you know, so far for me, it's, uh, it's helped some with my prayer life as well, being more intentional about, um, prayer throughout the day. And I, it's almost like when you're doing it for someone else, it makes you want to do it more. And, I think that has been something that has been good for me. And then also just the relationships that have deepened with the people in my Sunday school class that I've been been lucky enough to be assigned to. But my relationships with those people have grown in a way that they wouldn't have had I not been in this role. And I feel closer to them. And, you know, that's a blessing, too. I often hear from people about how, you know, their deacon has checked in and how much that means to them. And I've also been in a hospital room several times when a deacon has walked in. One that has always stuck out in my mind, I was visiting a mom who had just had a baby and one of our uh, senior adult deacons came to visit her and meet the baby and kind of Laura, what you were talking about, getting to know someone, they got to know each other. Um, probably never would have interacted at a church our size and just, you know, in the different, you know, they're just at different phases of life. But I love how our deacon ministry, that's one way that we work towards having an intergenerational church and people getting to know each other. And that's just a sweet memory. I've never forgotten him walking in and introducing himself and looking at the baby. Um, it was just, it was just really sweet. And so um, I think people appreciate all the different ways that our deacons serve because they do serve in different areas and in different ways. And so while we're talking about the different roles you have as a deacon, when you think of yourself being a deacon or others serving as a deacon, what is that, what does that mean for you? What is that definition of deacon? I was just going to say, I think of it sort of as being like the hands and feet of Christ in person, like a, a person who's praying for, for the families and touching base and like a physical presence, like to represent Christ. Yeah. And the word itself means servant. And I think, you know, that goes right along with what we're called to do. We're called to serve the church and the congregation and, um, you know, like Laura said, be the, be the hands and feet. 
Yeah, and I, the word service, just like you said, Angie, uh, service, servanthood, and and leadership, um, those words come to my mind. And I, I really like the the passage that um, we read at this ordination service and is often read in, in Acts. And it reminded me too, um, in reading it this, this past month or within this month, that there's a lot of the things that I think about from a deacon perspective are, are in reach. We represent God and we take care of our church in reach. But I also that, that it's a good reminder in that that passage came from outreach and, and trying to help the widows that weren't being helped. And so it's a, it's a good reminder for me to we represent God, we serve our church and we serve our community and to try to do all those things well. That is the perfect segue, Kevin. I was actually going to um, read that passage with us here today. Um, we find several maybe mentions of deacons in the Bible, but this particular passage is when they first called deacons. And we find that in Acts chapter six. And it says, in those days, as the disciples were increasing in number, there arose a complaint by the Hellenistic Jews against the Hebraic Jews that their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution. The 12 summoned the whole company of the disciples and said, it would not be right for us to give up preaching the word of God to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and wisdom, whom we can appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And then scripture goes on to list the seven that were first chosen. So as a deacon, what do you take from this passage as you go and serve in this way? I think for me, in a nutshell, people were falling through the cracks in the congregation and not being uh, attended to and got to put somebody on that. So, you know, we'll form a committee and nominate some people. But I think the other piece of it is that these people had to say yes in order for this to work. And we have to say yes to the call. Um, maybe the third or fourth time, but I think, you know, that's still an important part of it. We are asked to help take care of the people in our church. And I think as a like ministry staff, uh, much as in the apostles, you, you can't do it all. You can't be all things to all people in that sense. So we are here to help with that and to pick up where there might be holes. We do love us some committees in the Baptist church. Yeah. Um, so it, it, two things really stood out to me and Angie uh, said them uh, as well, but one in particular that we, and I referenced it earlier, we, we can't just seek to serve internally that we, we have to look around in our community, um, you know, on the local national global scale and see how we can help. And also um, again, just like Angie said, we, we can't, no one can do it all. So the, you, you have to be able to empower, engage and, and help, other people and organize so that many people can use their many different gifts. And that's, you know, part of the Deacon, Deacon role is doing and part of it is enabling and empowering. Yeah. And speaking as a minister here at the church, um, we are so grateful for what our Deacon body does to serve our own church family and beyond the four walls. Um, because like we've said, you know, it takes, it takes a village um, and it takes a village to care for the flock. And so we are so grateful for that. I hope those listening, maybe you've um, learned something new about the roles of deacon um, within the Baptist church and within our church. And um, perhaps you learned today that God uses all people. And so you may say no the first time, but if 
the voice keeps speaking to you and others keep asking, um, you'll, you'll feel the confidence to know that God, God uses all people to serve him. And so Laura, would you close our time in prayer? Sure. Dear God, thank you for the privilege um, that we've had to serve as deacons and to care for the families of Trinity Baptist Church. And thank you for the ways that you grow our faith and bless us as we serve. Um, We pray right now for the current deacons who are serving. Equip them to serve with wisdom and grace this year, um, especially um, in the ongoing pandemic. Pray just um, help them them to continue guiding our church in these weird times. We pray all this in your name. Amen.